31 woman is being recreated in the image and likeness of Jesus, but all of this stuff, almost all of it, is about how she exists in the world. And so you might be a Christian woman, but you might be nothing like a Proverbs 31 woman because God's doing a work in your life. So you have to ask yourself, there's an old saying that just because you stand in a garage does not make you a car. Just because you go to church does not make you a Christian. And just because you're a Christian who believes in Jesus doesn't mean you're a Proverbs 31 woman. Everyone has an idea of what the Bible says about women, and the definition of a godly woman might vary widely. Today, Pastor Daniel will begin a message about a woman who fears the Lord as described in Proverbs. The qualities are specific and describe how a woman should act within the context of marriage and family. As it turns out, these characteristics we'll hear about not only describe a godly woman, but reflect the heart of Jesus as well. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part one of his message entitled, Whoa Man. I was traveling with my family to Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, while I was in Nashville, I have a friend... Uh, named Pastor Pat Hood, who pastors this great church uh, outside of Nashville called Life Point. And when he found out that I was going to be in the area because my, my cousin was getting married, he said, hey, so, so Fusco, since you're going to be here, you know, I'd love it for you to preach for me. And I said, great, okay, yeah, that sounds like a blast. And I'd, you know, I'm like, I'd love to preach it. That sounds so much fun. And I said, so hey, so, so what do you want me to preach about? You know, that's a pretty good question. If you get invited somewhere to guest speak, you say, so what do you want me to preach about? And he said, oh, I'm in between series, so, you know, just preach one out of your sugar stick. And, and I thought to myself, okay. And then I got really freaked out. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know what a sugar stick is. <laughs> right? And, like, where I come from in New Jersey and where I live now in Washington, we don't got sugar sticks. You know, and I thought of a sugar stick, I thought like, like a pixie stick, you know, like one of those little, you know, the, little, the candy that you just rip it off and it's just take a shot of sugar. I didn't know what a sugar stick was. And so, and for me as like a person, my personality is I'm not really like an insecure person. So it's like, I just kind of, this is who I am. I just kind of roll that way. But I found myself getting really uncomfortably insecure because I'm like, sugar stick? I don't even know what that is. And I didn't want to ask, you know, you knew what it was. And so, and then I thought to myself, and then I got upset with God. So I'm like, God, you didn't give me a sugar stick. <laughs> like, so I was upset about it. And so I'm just like, and, and like, I started praying, like, Lord, why does Pat's got a sugar stick? I guess all these other, they don't ask me to preach in the South very much either. I can't fathom why, you know? And I'm like, all these pastors in the South got a sugar stick. And like, what gives, Lord? So sure enough, so sure enough, I don't ask. And so I, I, when I show up there to preach, I was like, I'm just going to preach whatever I want to preach. I mean, it's my sugar stick, whatever it is, you know? And so I show up, and right before I go out there to teach, I'm like, so hey, Pat, I got one question. He was explaining me what, what, everything, how it works. And, he, and I'm like, bro, I got one question. What on God's earth is a sugar stick? 
And he started laughing. He's like, oh, he's like, you just got to teach one of your messages, like one of the messages that are good. And so sure enough, I went out there and I preached and it went super fun. And it's really fun because I went out there and I told them about the sugar stick story. And I told them that I don't have a sugar stick. And they were laughing, you know. And then after, one of the, one of the guys came up to me and said, Pastor Daniel, you're my favorite Yankee preacher I ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm preaching in my sugar stick. All right? And so why do I tell you this story? One, because it's a fun story, right? But there's a reason why. There's, there's two sides of the story. One is because I don't normally preach in the South, I don't know what a sugar stick is right? So it's encoded language. Now, the reason I bring this up is because what I want to share with you today, we're doing this series in the book of Proverbs, right? We're calling it hashtag God's tweets, right? But I really felt like I was supposed to do a message on the Proverbs 31 woman. Now, what's amazing about that was when I first came to know Jesus and I found my way into a church, I remember I was sitting with a bunch of guys and we were talking and we were talking to a bunch of single guys and we were like, man, I'm like, man, I cannot wait to get married that's going to be so fun, right? And one of the guys said, yeah, but you got to find yourself a Proverbs 31 woman. And the other guy said, mm, amen. And I was socially gifted enough to be like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but guess what? I didn't know what a Proverbs 31 woman was. I had, I had the sugar stick situation all over again, but at least I could go home and I knew that Proverbs 31 was in my Bible. So I went on home and I read it and I'm like, oh, Proverbs 31 woman. See, when you hear about the Proverbs 31 woman, there's this idea about it. Now, now what was really amazing for me, as a brand new Christian, first coming to church, right, you start talking about getting married, and someone says, you need a Proverbs 31 woman. I say, you got it. I want one of those. I don't know what it is, but it sounds about right. In my mind, because I didn't grow up in the church, I always just kind of believed that, like, the way the Bible talked about women was like their job was to say, yes, sir, make a good meal and pop out babies. And that was God's plans for women, right? And a lot of people believe that. They're like, I would never believe the Bible. Don't you know what the Bible says about women, right? And so if you're outside the church, you have this idea about what the Bible says about women. But then when you read Proverbs 31, you realize all those things are flat out wrong. The Proverbs 31 woman is not a damsel in distress who was created to be saved by her husband who does everything for her. That is not the Proverbs 31 woman. But I didn't know that until I actually started reading what the Bible said. So I literally, I want to go through the Proverbs 31 woman with you. Now, before I start, remember I told you that story about the sugar stick? One, what is Proverbs 31? That's an encoded idea, but we're going to study it today. The second, remember I told you I got really insecure about the fact I didn't know what a sugar stick was. Now, I've had more spiritual warfare about this message in Proverbs 31 than I can remember in a long time. And I believe the reason I was going through such challenges with it is not only first, the fact that our culture, as it comes to men and women and relationships, our culture is so far off the rails that to talk about these things in God's design for what women are, what men are, how their relationships work, that's a challenge. But that wasn't the thing that was bothering me. The thing that really made me struggle is the fact that I realized that every message that I preach out of God's word, I preach out of my own brokenness. I don't have it together. 
And I realized doing a message on the Proverbs 31 woman, every one of our sisters here is going to hear it and they're going to process it through their own brokenness, right? And it's very easy to hear a message on Proverbs 31 and the overarching message is, sister, try harder. But I'm here to tell you, that's not what this message is about. This message is not, sister, try harder. This message is, sister, this is who Jesus has recreated you to be. And the reality of what God wants to do by us studying this together is that it's not, sister, you have to do better because you're not doing a good job. It's not that, not even close to that. What it's saying is this. It's saying, sister, Jesus has remade you in Christ. And God has already placed the Proverbs 31 woman in the depths of your heart. And God wants to help her come to the surface. That renovation, like I always say it, we're all in process, right? Why? Because we're all in process. Nobody's arrived here. We're all in the process of growing. So ladies, listen, don't hear this as you, you have to try harder. Hear this as God is doing a work in my life and I'm on a journey. And there's certain things that God's gonna speak to you through this message that this is what God is wanting to do in your heart right now. Certain things, God's gonna wanna do it in your heart later, right? So don't hear it as a sister try harder message. Hear it as a sister You've been recreated in Christ and God's doing a work in your life message. Now, for the dudes in the house, don't think you thought you were going to get off the hook today. Come on, right? First, you might say, well, what does this have to do with me? Listen, everybody knows a woman. You're maybe married to one. You you know, you have sisters, you have moms, grandmas, aunts, uncles, friends. You know a woman. You need to pray for the women in your life. You need to pray for them. They need your prayers. If you're a husband here, as we're studying this, I hope you're not in your mind thinking, man, I sure hope she's here in Fusco right now. Right? You need to be praying. But don't miss the fact that every single characteristic we find of the Proverbs 31 woman, guess what? If you change it and called it the, the husband of valor, all of the characters, although the details might be different, all the characteristics still hold for the guys. So don't think you're off the hook. We're just seeing this in the context of the woman of valor, the the woman of noble character. So you guys ready? You excited? You ready to jump on in? I don't think you really are. Are you really? Yeah. Okay, good. All right, open up in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 31. And we're going to do verses 10 to the end of the chapter, the classic Proverbs 31 woman. Now, I've entitled this message as you're turning there. I've entitled it, Whoa, Man. And I get this right out of the book of Genesis. Because in Genesis chapter 2, remember, God created everything. There's the seven days of creation. On the sixth day, God created Adam. And what you find in chapter 2 is that God brought all the animals to Adam, right? And Adam named all the animals. So he's like, that, oh, that looks like a rhinoceros. Oh, yeah, that's an armadillo, you know, like, or, or whatever language it was. But, but it was like science class. This is this, this is this. But really the reason Adam named everything, he learned very quickly that none of those animals were a helper, a suitable companion. So God made Adam fall asleep because great things happen to guys when they're sleeping. (laughs) All the guys are like, amen, it's called resting, Fusco. That's right. Anyway, and, and sure enough, he created Eve. And then when God brought Eve to Adam, what did Adam say? Whoa, man, woman, I'm sorry. (laughs) 
You like that, right? And so for me, the whoa, man, that's the woman created by God in Jesus. I get it right. It's right in your Bible. Don't blame me. Blame the Holy Spirit. Anyway. So whoa, man, here we go. Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises wild as yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, this beautiful poem is literally in the Hebrew. It's in the form of an acrostic, which means that in every single line, it begins with the next letter of the alphabet. So if you were to read this literally in Hebrew, the first line begins with the A or the Aleph, and the second line begins with the B, the Beit, and it goes all the way through the Hebrew alphabet. So this is a poem of the woman of valor. And notice that it's, it's a rhetorical question. This virtuous wife, this woman of noble character, right? Who can find a virtuous wife. Now, I've said this many times. I'm going to say it again. In this culture, right? Now, this is the time around the, the time of King Solomon. So, a thousand years before Jesus, right? So, now we're talking 3,000 years ago. Women, and even at Jesus' time, women got married in their early teenage years. 13, 14 was the common time to get married. And 95% of the women were married. Okay? Now, I realize that cultures have changed, and we don't, women don't get married that early. I definitely wouldn't give Maranatha to be married or Annabelle at that age anyway in this culture, right? But times have changed, but pre predominantly when the Bible was written, women existed within the family as a wife, as a husband. I realize that our culture doesn't function that way today, but everything that's in here can be explained outside of it as well for you if you find yourself to be not married or whatever the situation is. But we see all this in the context of marriage and family. Now, what we find first is that 
Who can find a virtuous wife? In verse 10, for her wealth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. First, we learn that she is valuable and trustworthy in doing good. This woe man, this Proverbs 31 woman is valuable and she's trustworthy in doing good. This phrase, who can find a virtuous wife for her value is far above rubies. What this means is that this woe man, this woman recreated in the image and likeness of God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, she is exceedingly valuable. Rubies in that culture, much like today, were precious stones. They were rare. And the idea is is that just because a person is a woman does not mean that they are a Proverbs 31 woman. In the same way, just because a woman is a Christian does not make her a Proverbs 31 woman either. The Proverbs 31 woman is being recreated in the image and likeness of Jesus, but all of this stuff, almost all of it, is about how she exists in the world. And so you might be a Christian woman, but you might be nothing like a Proverbs 31 woman because God's doing a work in your life. So you have to ask yourself, there's an old saying that... Just because you stand in a garage does not make you a car. Just because you go to church does not make you a Christian. And just because you're a Christian who believes in Jesus doesn't mean you're a Proverbs 31 woman. Because we find that she's rare. She's rare. But it is a woman who's experiencing the fullness of what life in Christ is really all about. She's valuable, far above rubies. So she is precious and valuable. And not only that, I said she's trustworthy in doing good. Notice, the heart of her husband safely trusts her so that he will have no lack of gain. Notice that. She is a woman who is exceedingly trustworthy. In this case, her husband, her spouse, safely trusts her. And you have to ask yourself, are you trustworthy? See, one of the things that I always tell people when they're getting married is I always say, listen, It's not like all of a sudden you say, I do, and you become a trustworthy person. Trustworthiness is born every single day of your life. And on the day that you get married, you either come into that marriage as a trustworthy person or someone who you can't trust. So trustworthiness is really a character quality. And in this case, this woman's, this woe man, this Proverbs 31 woman, her husband safely trusts her because she's trustworthy. She's somebody who his heart is safe in her hands. We have to ask ourselves, are we trustworthy? Are we people who other people's hearts are safe in our hands? Notice, because her husband trusts her, it says that he will have no lack of gain. What a fascinating idea. That because she's trustworthy, he can focus on other things knowing that his bride has certain things taken care of. And we're going to speak about this a lot in regards to marriage because marriage is really a team. It's designed by God to be a team. And when a husband or a wife can trust their spouse and they know that their spouse has this stuff together, they can focus on other things. I think one of the things we have in our culture today is that We have this confusing of people getting things done, and it's almost like everybody has to do everything together as if that's the way God designed it. Like, everybody has to do this together. We have to do, if we have a good marriage, we do all these things together. It's like, well, no. Why would God want to waste our time if everybody's doing the same thing? Sure, you share time together, 
But when a spouse can trust their spouse, they can devote their attention to other things. And we find in this case, the husband of the wife. Now, again, this was before women worked outside of the home. He would never have a lack of gain. Her trustworthiness becomes profitability for their family. And I think in a culture like ours where men and women work outside the home, this becomes even more important. Because you end up having, if in a family, if everybody is trustworthy, then you can focus on other things rather than spending all your time trying to figure out how untrustworthy we are. Does that make sense? And I said she's trustworthy in doing good. I love this. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. I like that. See, this is not like a one-time thing. See, it's really easy to be totally in love with somebody and treat them wonderfully when you're trying to marry them, right? It's like, oh, man, I'm going to marry you, and I'm, by, I'm writing you love letters. I'm writing you love songs I can't sing, but you love the song because I wrote it for you, and I got you flowers and all this stuff, and then you get married, and guess what? It all stops. And you know why it stops? It's not because people get lazy. It's really easy to love the idea of somebody, than to love a flawed person. And so this Proverbs 31 woman does good all the days of her life. It's not like I really love you when I love the idea of you and I think you're Prince Charming. Now it's I do good by you. I know that you are Count Chocula or whatever. You know, like I know that you are not the nicest person sometimes. I know that when you're pre-coffee, I really don't think the world of you and you don't really think the world of anything at that point. See, I love this. See, doing good is not situation-specific for a believer. We do good because God is good. And we do good to people who don't deserve it because the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus did good to us when we didn't deserve it. And a Proverbs 31 woman would say, I am going to do good by my husband all the days of our lives, even if he doesn't deserve it, and especially when he doesn't deserve it because God is good to me. And that goes both ways in the marriage. But in our message here, we're focusing on Proverbs 31 women, so we're there. So she is valuable and trustworthy in doing good. Now notice what it says next, verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. A portion for her maidservants, she considers a field and buys it. From her prophets, she plants a vineyard. Now, this is not the picture of a woman who isn't smart, who just stays at home, has babies, and makes oatmeal. That's not the picture here, right? See, what we learn in these verses is that this woman, she is industrious. She is a go-getter. She is looking at her life and the situations that she's in, and she's using all of her facilities and all of her faculties and everything she has, and she's industrious. Notice, she seeks wool and flax. Now, that doesn't sound all that exciting to us, because if you want clothes, you just go to the mall, right? Or you go online, you buy it. She's going out, and she's finding good materials. The woman we heard described today is a virtuous character. The likeness of Jesus is present. But as Pastor Daniel described, she's pretty rare. 
the qualities of the woman we heard about as a person who's experiencing the fullness of what God has for her. Every morning, most of us do the same thing. We get up and push the button on the most important appliance in our house, the coffee maker. (laughs) A hot, steamy cup of coffee magically appears and we get our day started. This month, we want to be a part of that morning ritual. We always like to say thank you to those that choose to support Jesus is Real Radio. This month, for anyone who gives a donation of any amount, plus shipping and handling, to Jesus is Real Radio, well, we'll send you a Jesus is Real Radio coffee mug. Every morning, you can fill up your Jesus is Real Radio coffee mug and remember to pray for us. We want to see God do amazing things through Jesus is Real Radio and you can help. Check out JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the partner option to receive your own Jesus is Real Radio coffee mug. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share more detailed descriptions of the Proverbs woman. In relationships with others and with the world, there are ways of acting and speaking that will foster growth in everyone. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, God's Tweets. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.